Koinonia, Christian fellowship, communion with God and with fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is Koinonia. This is Community. And now, your host, Tom Brown. Well, good afternoon, lovelies. I love having somebody that is uh, social media savvy in the studio because then I can just, you know, uh, hook my wagon to them and retweet stuff, and it looks like I'm all hip and everything. Uh, We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, Last night, got to see the screening of Risen. Oh, my gosh. This, Mary and I both like this film a lot. We had uh, nearly 250 people in in the theater for a screening of Risen that opens this Friday night. Now, you have to understand, this is not like an accounting, this isn't like The Passion of the Christ, where it's a, you know, it, it's a movie about the uh, crucifixion and uh, resurrection. Uh, what this is, is a story that's told from the viewpoint of somebody that's not actually in the Bible. It is uh, the tribune from the um, uh, the local government there that was in charge of the cover-up or the attempt to cover up or trying to find out what had happened with Christ's body at the crucifixion. Uh, and and it's, it's kind of like a really well-done procedural whodunit, but it's Christ rising. And there were two times in this movie that I actually kind of teared up. It was powerful. It was emotional. There's one point where uh, the main character uh, walks into a situation that just kind of takes everybody by surprise, and the movie, that's the tipping point. And it's just very powerful. I don't think you're going to be disappointed in any way, shape, or form. I would say that I would probably keep it, uh, depending on how mature your child is, I'd probably keep it uh, 12, 13 years old and older because there's some, you know, there's a little bit of graphic uh, stuff with the crucifixion and some of the uh, things that are after that, but wow, this is a good movie. And if you have, uh, you you know, if you have a sense fitter or a, a fence sitter, and you know, you know what I'm talking about, this would be a good movie to take them to to open a dialogue because uh, it's very clear. It uh, it is also uh, very respectful of the scripture. So I highly recommend. It's given uh, all my. Um, all my suggestion that you take everybody that you can to see Risen from Affirm Films this weekend. Again, it opens on Friday. Don't forget Hope Fest Phoenix. Uh, we're going to have a great show tomorrow. I think I hear Billy Thrall is going to make his way to the studio. I'm mean, kind of excited about it. It's been over a year, I think, since he's been in here. But uh, ways that you can help. Hope Fest coming on April 16th. You can, of course, volunteer. You can donate. You know, you can help us promote it. There's going to be free dental care, medical care, groceries, haircuts, clothing, personal care items, and a lot more. Over 20,000 we will be serving as our guests at Chase Field on Saturday, April 16th with Hope Fest Phoenix. If you would like more information, you can go to cityserveaz.com forward slash Hope Fest. That's cityserveaz.com forward slash Hope Fest. Or, of course, always email me here. David Jeremiah is coming for a great event at, well, I used to call it the Purple Palace. You know, then it was America West Arena, and I don't know. It's been several other things. Right now, it's called 
talking stick arena. But Dr. David Jeremiah in town March 3rd with Charles Billingsley leading worship. Special musical guest, Michael W. Smith. And then, of course, the wonderful teaching from David Jeremiah. And it's free. It's all free. But you have to get your tickets and be accounted so that you can have your spot at the stand-up tour. Go to davidjeremiah.org forward slash stand-up. That's davidjeremiah.org forward slash stand-up. Now, I know this is a talk show, and we do interviews and things of that. We're going to do that, but we're going to be talking about worship music today on Quinity. In fact, I have one of the members of Hillsong joining us next right here on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. You know, I'm kind of giddy, and I love my job on so many different levels. Today is an absolute uh, joy. One of my favorite bands to listen to worship music is Hillsong. Uh, Hillsong United coming to town a week from uh, this last Monday. And my wife, well, it's kind of her favorite group, too. So it's the one time that my ma- my wife will actually probably listen to Koinonia here <laughs> and on the phone from uh, from Hillsong, Matt. How, how are you today? I'm doing very good, thank you. Uh, now how you, you, doing? you guys tour a lot. Uh, I know that you were touring last year. You've got a lot of tour dates this year. Let's start with that. Is that, uh, is that a lot of fun? Is that a little bit of a drain after a while? What, tell me what touring's like for you guys. Yeah, I mean, we, we love it. It's... it's uh... It's a lot of fun, that's for sure. It's also, I mean, it's hard leaving the families. I got a, I got a little baby that's about to turn one while I'm away, so we won't tell her it's her birthday till I get home. Oh, but, boy. Um, it's just, I don't know, that's life. It looks different to a lot of other people's, but we, um, we've learned to live like that, so it works. One of the things that I've always been curious about, knowing how much uh, inspiration and how uh, peaceful I leave a Hillsong concert because I've just spent time worshiping. But that's a one-off event for me. You guys do it every other night or every night sometimes back-to-back. Uh, what's the worship experience for you guys up there on stage? Uh, I, I mean, like, it, it, I think it'd be the same thing for everyone that comes. For us, we try to approach it as a um, a new experience for ourselves every day because for us, I mean, what we what we preach and believe about Jesus, having an encounter with Him, it should be able to be something that happens every day. So um, for us, it's what we do every weekend back home in Sydney at church or New York, where some of the guys are from, and we're kind of taking out out in the road what happens there. Originally, United started as the youth ministry, mm-hmm. um, and it's kind of grown to what it is now. So for us, it's just being able to share that same encounter with Jesus night to night, wherever we are, and uh, we love it. That's a real blessing. It seems like every album, there's one or two songs that just really strike a chord uh, with my wife and I and others. Uh, the song that is out right now, uh, Say the Word, uh, again, yep. another one written by Joel. 
Uh, tell us a little bit about that song and, and, and uh, maybe a little bit of the behind the scenes for it. Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of these songs are written in L.A. Uh, well, actually, just outside of L.A., San Clemente. Um, we have this little beach, sleepy beach town that we're in. And uh, we got away for 10 days with everyone and decided to try to write the songs like that. And uh, it was one of the songs that we wrote there. And it's just, uh, I mean, he'd be better at telling you the ins and outs of the song. But from my understanding, um, I mean, you look at the chorus, written in a billion skies, uh, speaking of this heart of mine, just talking about when when God says something, it will be done. Um, and just the power behind that, believing that he's, he's got promises for each and every one of us and that we can stand firm on those promises and believe that if he said it, it's going to be done in our lives. So just kind of sums that up, that thought. I'm trying to put it in a, a fresh new way of saying it, that people can kind of get it in their hearts. There's something about music that uh, resonates with the soul of people. And um, so for us, just putting what we believe in uh, in song form uh, is kind of getting the message out there of uh, hope and love and Jesus. Hillsong's coming in concert next Monday night, and uh, I'm I'm very excited about coming to the concert always and you know the first time that I saw Hillsong, it was in a church, and you know now it's in it's in arenas and stadiums and and things of that nature, and it's just a real blessing to get together with that many people to worship the King all at once. It's it's just it's very 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 powerful. When yeah. you guys are uh, you know you do the the songs live, and then you you get ready to record them in the studio, uh, do you get a feel for the ones that seem to really? connect when you're in the studio or is it wait you have to know when you get on stage and you're in front of the audience or, or you're with yeah, other people you, i feel like we never really know we can have an idea of which ones we think are going to connect with people but um we're never quite sure 100 percent which are the ones that are going to resonate with people the most and we just kind of feel it out in the studio like you said we'll just workshop them as a band um obviously i mean we started out recording these songs live in front of audiences we still do that with Hillsong song worship or song live um and we with united our last few albums have all been in the studio and it's a different approach i guess for us um seeing as most of our, our songs back in the day recorded live but we don't get a feel for them until we've done them in church, and that's not usually till after we've released this album. So for, even for our own church, it's like a whole bunch of new songs they've never heard before. But we quickly learn which ones are going to kind of work for a congregational setting. Sometimes it's a different setting. We're not. Um, I mean, we write for the church, but we're also writing for the people who are just living normal day-to-day lives, traveling on the train to work, who might have had the worst day ever, um, or just, you know, any, just normal family people, um, people in college, people in school just normal people. Well, we're certainly excited to have you coming to the Valley. And uh, can I just say that uh, I don't know where all you're touring specifically, but it's, uh, it's in the low eighties for us here. So we're going to, we're going to make you feel like you're home. Oh, perfect. It's, um, quite cold where we are down the <laughs> side of the country at the moment. So. It's just like, how do you pack for that, right? If you're you're going from a couple of feet of snow to, oh, yeah, we're stopping in Phoenix. It's 85 yeah, today. Totally. We're just, we're ourselves to the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, blessings to you. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward again to Hillsong coming to the Valley. And uh, thanks for taking a little time on the road uh, to chat with our audience today. Sure love you guys and uh, look forward to seeing you here in Phoenix. No worries. Thanks for having me. Their latest release, Say the Word, this is Hillsong on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Say the word.
right, that is Hillsong. And, uh, well, I have actually somebody in studio that, you know, I just got to talk to one of the band members uh, on phone. But, uh, Ryan Romeo, you spent how much of your year last year with Hillsong? And- spent a couple weeks out on the road with them. Yeah. And they're great. They're great guys. I, I love those guys a lot. Well, you have been on to talk a little bit about the Outcry Tour. It didn't come to Phoenix, and I made my point very clear that we need to fix that. I know, I know. And uh, I know you're still working diligently, but uh, I just wanted to get an update. Uh, we've got a couple of segments here uh, coming up. We, we, we've got to go to a break here, but I'm just, I want to hear what God did last year, uh, not only in the tour, but in your life, because this isn't what you thought it was going to be either, right? Yeah. This isn't, yeah. God didn't take you to where you thought you were going. Yeah. Is that an accurate statement? That's accurate. And I think it's amazing to look back and go, it was only a year ago, really, <laughs> that we decided to do Outcry, you know? Right. And you fast forward now, and it was like, you know, we had 120,000 people there, and, and it just turned into something that I would never imagine in my wildest dreams uh, that it would turn into. Okay, so I had uh, the Pastors Appreciation Luncheon last Wednesday, a week ago Wednesday. Yeah. 348 seated. I was exhausted for two days after, you know, and stressed out for a week. You had how many hundreds of thousands? Yeah, yeah, 100, 150, 120,000, wow. and I, I feel like I'm still tired yeah. from the tour. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Ryan Romeo is going to continue a uh, conversation here on Koinonia. You're listening to Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Ryan, you got to see a little bit of the backroom activity for my simple radio show uh, today. Yeah. You know, you were here 10 minutes early, which yeah. I appreciate. Uh, but then I wasn't 10 minutes early. I had a hectic day. It's just going nuts, going crazy. And then, you know, literally 60 seconds to go, I said, ah, I'm going to go get some water. Yeah. And yeah. I, I leave. <laughs> right. You know, but that's a, that's a level of having done this so much you know, that I have. I can do that. Yeah. Now, your first big tour, like last year, you didn't have that comfort level, at least for the first no. several times, right? Yeah, no, not at all. It was really, I mean, you feel like you're just getting kicked out of the nest. You get on your <laughs> first stop and you go, theoretically, this is what we should be doing, you know. And even a tour like this where they're all headlining bands, yeah. they're not used to, okay, get off stage because the next band has got to get up. And so to try to hurry up Jesus culture or passion and go, hey, you guys got to get off stage. You got someone else. Yeah, next, you know. Huck. So it was um, it was a learning curve all around. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, 10 cities into a 12-city tour, we really got our Started seniors. to get a little bit of an idea. And I've got to yeah. believe, too, like you said, they're all headliners. And they're probably going, uh, you know, this is not how we do it. Oh, yeah. And they've done it. How many, many more times than you have? Oh, many, many more times. Yeah, yeah. And it is. But at the same time, I think everybody had a great attitude. They all knew, hey, this is a tour that really hasn't ever happened before. And we're all kind of learning, you yeah. know. 
So um, we, I mean, we really a few few cities in, we really started to get production down a lot better and all of that. But yeah, the the emotional toll of those first few days, it felt like I aged ten years. <laughs> Ryan yeah. Romeo is my guest. Uh, we're talking about the At Cry Tour and a lot of things that have gone on in Ryan's life. Uh, let's back up a little bit. Just give a thumbnail sketch for people since it didn't come to Phoenix last year. Just <laughs> saying uh, that, you know, what is this and why is it, you know, we've got winter jam and we've had Christmas jam or whatever. That, that's several bands touring together. How, you know, tell us a little bit about outcry and how it's different. Well, we started talking about it years ago. A friend of mine named Shane quick and uh, we, I, I worked with Crowder at the time. And so him and I kind of connected and, we always talked about doing an event that was a little bit different. Um, we loved worship music. We felt like there was such a great uh, future ahead of worship music that it was getting more and more creative. And and yet we would look at all these worship bands and, and they would kind of be busy doing their own thing. And they never really thought to do something together. Mm-hmm. And it's not because they didn't like each other. They had great, you know, kind of cursory relationships with each other. And fans of each other in a lot of cases. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, But nobody had really said, okay, we're going to try to bring all of you guys together and do one tour. And funny enough, I mean, all of them, when they heard it, obviously because we had so many people sign up for it, they said, yeah, we really want to do that. So uh, Shane and I, from the beginning, it wasn't just the fact that we wanted to do a tour that was unique. Uh, we wanted to know um, and have a really good idea going into it why we were doing it. And for both of us, when we'd sit around talking about, you know, the church or things that were influential in our lives, we would come come back to the local church every time. We'd come back to our youth pastor that poured mm-hmm. into us or somebody in our church that, uh, even though it's not on a big stage and it doesn't seem as big or as important as what you'd see on Outcry, it is significant and it changed our lives. And so we really feel like, you know, this is a season where people in the church maybe are kind of feeling down about their place in the world. They're feeling like, you know, that we keep hearing we're a church in decline or a movement in decline. And we're coming along saying, no, look at these amazing churches that are doing amazingly creative things. And on top of that, remember that they are a part of the same movement that you and I are a part yeah, of. That's pretty yeah. powerful. And it, there's something about uh, worship. We're created to commune one with another. And when we worship together, it is is something spectacular. And I, yeah. I, I, I used this um, example for prayer events, for prayer conferences and different things. You know, in any church congregation, you have, I don't know what the percent is, it's higher in some churches than in others, of people that are, they really know what the worship service is about. Yeah, It's bringing your offerings, your tithes and offerings, if you will, yeah. of worship to the service to worship God. Yeah. Then you have a certain portion of the people there that get drawn into it because they're exposed to the worship, then you also have your people that are just there. They maybe they don't. That's just not their thing. They're yeah. there for the message, or they're there out of obligation, or whatever. Sure. So that makes up the one hundred percent. Yeah. But when you go to one of these events, one of these concerts, pretty much all you have is that first percent. Oh yeah. The ones that are all in. Yeah. Now you've got one hundred percent of the one hundred percent. Yeah. 
Yeah. So you're talking about some real power as far as uh, the praise and worship goes. Oh, and then then when you get all of them together, I think there was this sense of anticipation every night that I've never experienced before. So you would walk into the venue and we'd have house music going and the night hadn't even started yet. And there was just such anticipation in the room. And the minute we would play even just a small video, the lights would come down. Everyone would just be cheering and... And it's, you know, it's one thing to go and go, man, we had an amazing night of worship and Carrie Job led us. It's like it's on another level when Jesus culture gets off the stage and passion gets on stage and passion gets off the stage and then and Carrie Job gets on stage and then Hillsong. And it's like it's like waves. (laughs) The waves keep crashing over you. Yeah. And it's and it's just it's a special thing to be a part of. And people just the, the energy in the room just kept going and going, you know, so. I loved it. It was a life-changing thing to, to witness. So. And as uh, the conversation I had in the last segment, uh, I asked him, how do you, you know, every night? And yeah. he goes, and it was almost, he was almost perplexed in the question as if, well, of course it's powerful worship every night. You know, it, yeah. was, it yeah. wasn't even, uh, you know, a planned answer. It was just kind of, it just happens. Yeah. And there is something so special uh, I mean, worship worship music is amazing, and uh, but there's something so special about everybody getting together in one room, singing together to God. That kind of unity, that feeling of, hey, we're all on the same page here. We're all singing to God, and um, it really is. It's the thing that fuels us and what we're doing with Outcry. We love to see the church worshiping and. God loves to see the ch- the church worshiping and yeah. to be aware of that and to feel that in the room it's like we've got 10,000 14,000 people singing about how much they love God all together mm-hmm. and there is something that's so special that's released in the room when something like that happens Who was on Outcry tour? Uh <laughs> now it's like a quiz. Uh we had uh, Lauren Daigle, uh Carrie Job, Passion, Crowder, uh Hillsong United, uh Jesus Culture. Bethel, uh, Trip Lee, um, and that's pretty much the high Okay, (laughs) so now you have that mix, and you had, you were with them, you know, a lot, real intense for two weeks. Yeah. And, you know, there's probably a little bit of a a feeling out period, you know, of being in a bigger group and trying to get those dynamics worked out. Yeah. But tell me a little bit about what some of the, the stories artist to artist happened. Well, I think my favorite thing about Outcry was the fact that we would do worship every night before we got out on stage. So it just seems like, okay, we're going to go work <laughs> before we go to work. Yeah, yeah. And it's, and no, no PowerPoint, no plugging <laughs> right. in instruments. You know, it's like there's, there's really, it feels like a small group, except you look around the room and you go, wow. oh, Hillsong's here group. and Passion's here, you know. Um, but when we first started doing those nights, they were a little awkward. And actually, JD from Hillsong said, uh, classically, one of the nights said, you know, the, we do these worship times, but they're kind of awkward, you yeah. know. And I responded, yeah, it's a lot like a small group that would happen at any other church, right. you know. You got to invest some time. Yeah. And after a few nights, something released and something was different. And the artists started to really dive in. And it was so special to look around that room. And we had a night where Carrie Job went up to David Crowder and said, I, f- I feel like I have a a word from the Lord for you, and then Bethel and all those guys, and Joel Houston's in the room, and they all lay hands on hands on Crowder and pray for him, and 
just something that you feel like you're it brings tears to your to your yeah. eyes really to be in the room and you feel like something so significant is going on and their connection with each other that unity backstage that people didn't really get to see i think that was really a foundation for whatever happened on the main stage yeah i would agree and the other thing too is we need we remember or we don't forget uh that they're people too yeah you know they're followers of christ too yeah they have do you have good days and bad days well of course you do guess what they have good days and bad days oh yeah what an incredible opportunity though for respected peers to come and lift them up oh yeah and they do and it's like it's like we're surprised at their humanness sometimes you know i remember when i first started working for crowder and you and i have talked about him he's one of my favorite guys in the world and it's amazing how approachable and how normal he is you know there's really and all of them are like that they all have good days and bad days and frustrations and joys and uh and to see them kind of come together on that human level and just say, hey, we're just a group of people right. getting together trying to worship. And, and we'd have sound check going on in the other room. And I remember Christian Stanfield from Passion was singing as loud as he could with his acoustic guitar because we had sound checks happening. And it was a little messy, but it was exactly like the church is. Yeah, it's and I think you know, our God, uh, let's not forget, he's a multifaceted yeah. God, and he is creator of all. Out right. of chaos <laughs> yeah. comes order. Uh, I uh, another well uh, back with Crowder. I had shared with you that I was excited to uh, get David. The, he was going to be at the Faith and Family Night at the Arizona Diamondbacks, so I'm excited. I'm going to get to interview David Crowder, and then I kind of realized, oh wait a minute, I'm going to be interviewing David Crowder. I'm, and I look at the <laughs> website, and I'm and, and it's like, oh man, I've got to really prepare. This guy is so dialed in, and I'm just going to look like a fool. <laughs> yeah, and then get him on the phone, and it's like you know. Two Texas buddies talking, yeah. right? I mean, it was just awesome. It oh, was yeah. A, a real blessing. Oh, yeah, and it is. It's surprising for people, and I think it's something kind of liberating. A lot of church leaders, um, I think, tend to look at their favorite speakers or worship leaders yeah. and imagine that they don't go through the things that they do in their local church, right. but right. they do. And, they do. you know, and it's how do you uh, equate your small uh, church wor- worship service to a ultimately multi-million dollar uh, setup because that's, you know, when you add it all together, the history of it, you know, they only got there because of the hundreds of thousands that were spent ahead of time. Yeah. You don't have that availability in your local church. But it doesn't make it more significant. It doesn't. It just, but they, you know, we have that tendency to, you know, comparison, it's an evil thing. It's an evil thing. All right. We're going to hear, God has also done some pretty incredible things in Ryan's life personally. And uh, that's our next story, and our conversation continues here on Koinonia. You're listening to Faith Talk 1360, KPXQ. If you don't already have your tickets, see, next Monday night, Hillsong is going to be out... uh, at Westgate, what is that arena called now? Talk, he- talking State? No, is it's Gila. It he- oh, Gila. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They can't, why can't they <laughs> just, you know, it's the one out there next to uh, the football field, right? That's yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I uh, Hillsong is, is a group that I enjoy uh, tremendously. They've helped usher in worship for me on many, many occasions. 
and uh, have really ministered to me in scenarios that, uh, you know, I just needed a touch from God, and they and they provided a lot of other. Ed, right now, oddly enough, um, Mercy Me's they're they're not their Christmas album, but their last one. It's almost two years old now, but. Oh, okay. Uh, it, it's it's just hitting me right between the eyes and and, hmm. and, and hitting me in the heart yeah. uh, for where I'm at right now. And, and I believe that God's creation uh, and music in that creation has an incredible, incredible power. Yeah, And that's one of the exciting things about being in this business or being in this area of ministry. Yeah. But uh, for you, your personal story, you know, this isn't you didn't set out to be a concert promoter you no. didn't set out to be you know the director of a tour of all the biggest names in 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 worship worship music all these great groups uh and one of the things that came out of outcry tour last year a book yeah yeah so i'm just going to give you the microphone here for a few moments just to sure. kind of tell your story and there's two reasons i want the audience to hear this one i want them to be encouraged that you can't base where God's going to put you based on where you are right now. Absolutely. So you just can't. Yeah. And you have to understand that it's not about you. Yeah, absolutely. It's just not. Yeah. You know, I think for me, um, I always felt a call from the Lord um, that felt bigger than me. And it felt bigger than where I was at, you know. And But God continued to lead me down a path uh, where I was just a part of a small church or a small group and leading something uh, that seemed uh, smaller than what I would imagine. And being faithful in those little things, God, you know, taught me a lot through that. There was a season of my life where I was working in manufacturing at my dad's company, and I love my dad, And but working there, I was going, God, why do you have me here? Like, I love worship music. I want to work at a church. Like, why am I here? You know? Um, and there have been so many little moments like that as I'm, as I was going along with my life. And when outcry came along, it was like this very sudden, you know, like I said before, kick out of the nest, like Mm -hmm. here, God is coming through and saying, okay, Ryan, now is the time. And, you know, the funny thing is, is when you step out onto a stage that big or you step into an event that big, you realize that it feels strikingly like what you experience in a local church. And my whole life, I, I since I, I came to know the Lord when I was 15, and since then I had always volunteered at a church, led worship, or did graphic design, whatever they needed, I would kind of step in and do. And... And even in that season of doing manufacturing, by the time I got to Outcry, I looked back and said, oh, that's what you were building, God. Like, that's mm. where you wanted me to be going, you know. And um, I was recently, like I was telling you, recently speaking to some college students. And, and the realization that came to me this year was uh, working in your local church is not a stepping stone to doing something bigger. Um, strikingly... It's strikingly similar when you're on a big stage than when you're on the small stage. It feels about the same. And um, for us and for me to be able to engage into where I'm at right now is a big deal, Mm -hmm. you know. And no matter who's listening and no matter where they're at, there is something that God is forming in you right now. And it's significant. And it doesn't have to just be considered a stepping stone into something bigger 
um, it really can be considered something amazing in and of itself. Uh, yeah. Steve Camp, now all the people that I know in CCM, Christian Music, you know, two generations from what, you know, you know. So yeah. Steve Camp, uh, we were having a conversation, and he was headed off. This is after he'd had his heyday, and, you know, it was kind of his career was, a little, you know, getting smaller as far as the audience draw and how many albums, and he was doing more preaching than he was singing. Yeah, He's going to this event on Sunday night. It's freezing cold. It's rainy. It's, you know, stormy, and it's like a 150-mile drive from his home, and he's literally as it, Lord, why am I even doing this? There, who, you know, there's not going to be anybody there. Yeah. And he said he very clearly heard, who are you doing this for? Hmm. Who are you doing this for? Yeah. An audience of one is what it should be, right? Yeah. yeah. If you do with everything that God has given you to glorify him and for his glory and for only his notice, yeah, then you've succeeded. Oh, yeah. And I think let for, him worry about the numbers. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I think for me, that's something I do look back and I, I see that God had kind of hardwired that into me in a certain level. Um, I've never had a hard time doing everything as it says in Timothy, doing everything as if unto the Lord. I, I've always considered where I was at and doing my best in those small things as very significant. And um, and you fast forward to outcry, and it's almost the the inverse happened in my <laughs> life. I started to go. Well, this is really big, but it's really no bigger than the stuff that I was doing before. Even though by the world's standards, it's much bigger. Uh-huh. Um, it feels no different to me. And um, like you're saying, we got off the tour bus, and within a couple of weeks, we had a publisher come to us and say, you guys had an amazing first year on this tour, and it seems like you have something to say would you want to write a book, you know? <laughs> and I thought, God, I, I just, I've, oh. I've never, like, it was not even really part of my aspiration. When you did the, you're the, the bucket list that I want to do in my life, that wasn't even in the top no. five? No, not even in the top five. And what's funny is I think there was part of me that's, that considered it even kind of prideful to want, you know, like, oh God, I won't even really look after that, sure. you know? And, and it's funny when it came along, I just was like, God, this is crazy to me. I can't even believe it. So we're in the middle of writing it right now. But um, but again, it doesn't feel – it feels about the same as what I'm doing work at a local church, which yeah. you know because you and I yeah. go to a local church together, and I still work at a local church. And uh, there's always been this tension uh, – in me of saying, you know, we're doing this big stuff, the big touring, and and that can easily soak up all of my time. Um, But I feel like God has led me to kind of have a foot in both doors, you know. Uh So I work at a a local church, and it's not super big, and it's not the hippest church on the block. Like, it's very similar to— It's getting hipper, though. It's getting hipper. (laughs) Yes, we are getting there for sure. Now, and our senior pastor is Mark Buckley, who fills in for me. we love, yeah. And I get to— you know, I I can say whatever I want because he owes me big time for all. <laughs> and it's not disparaging; yeah, it really is and it's, a normal, it's, normal church. It, you know? it really is, and it's fun to see some of the dynamics as as we're all growing. And yeah. uh, and I just um, I love your heart. I, I've enjoyed. I don't even remember how we originally started talking. I think it was um, one of those things where I mentioned something about an artist, and you go, "Oh, I did," and come yeah. to find out, you had worked for Crowder, and then. Yeah, you know your background in CCM music and worship music, 
wasn't that far departed from what I had done in the 80s and early yeah. 90s in, in Christian music. And we started having all these stories and, you know, just God kind of blossomed a relationship out of that where we yeah. could uh, share with each other and commune and know that the other's getting what we're talking about. Oh, because yeah. Because there's challenges, right? And there's, yeah. uh, as far as the book goes uh, that you're working on, what what is God showing you about what you've already experienced that you didn't realize till you started putting it down on paper? Well, really, I mean, so much of it is about why we're doing it. So we're writing it about the the significance of the local church and um but i think that re- that revelation that i was sharing earlier that the church is in a stepping stone i think that to me is really the biggest thing that i'm learning in this process um even with the book and everything else there um there is just this sense in the church in america that uh not everywhere but by and large a lot of us feel like we're missing out on something or that there's something better and so we have church hopping going on we have mm-hmm. People seeking after something, yeah, and I they, really do. And I, you know, me being a millennial, I should be the poster child for, hey, get out and do what feels good, kind of thing. And and I'm not. I really am saying there's something special that happens when you commit yourself to a local church that has older people and younger people, yeah. and and it's messy and it's difficult, but it's worth it, and it's so significant. Um, and there's nothing like the local church. There's no movement in history that looks anything close to the local church. And so for me, I think there's been a lot of pride restored for me to go, no, the church is not something to be embarrassed about. It's something to be, you know, proud of. Yeah. Well, and the the other thing, too, for me, I understand that when God calls me to something difficult and he helps me through it, I get a level of joy that there's no way I got had I just done something that I thought I would enjoy. Because his understanding of joy for me is far beyond what I can ever even fathom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think for us in this generation, it's easy easy to get podcasts and listen to albums that you like, surround yourself by all the style that you like. Um, But in the end, you know, it's those difficult situations and also the difficult people, yeah. you know, the people in our lives that we go, oh, I just do not see the world the same way as this person. Right. Uh, but in the church, when you're committed to each other, uh, you find some common ground that you would never have found. You yeah. know, that iron sharpens iron thing is going on. Right. And it only happens with a little bit of friction and a little bit of messiness. And the local church is never going to be, well, it will at some point be perfect, but right here, It'll right be now. be perfected in Christ, not because of anything we do. Absolutely. And for us to have that expectation going into it now, going, hey, I'm probably going to rub up against people, and even when I'm really excited about a, a new church or I move to a new city, at some point you'll find, uh, you know, a problem or something that you don't like in a church. And for us to be able to look past that and go, no, committing here. Uh, is still really an important thing. And that's the thing with the book. We want people to to stop and consider where they're at a little bit more, look at their local church with a little bit different lens than maybe they had seen it before. That's cool. You know? uh, I pestered you. I made uh, uh, catty remarks all during the program, knowing <laughs> full well that Outcry is going to be coming to Phoenix, but it's going to be next fall yeah we we have announcements coming but uh yeah we've got we've got a a fall tour starting and 
We'll hit the West Coast. All and those I'll cities be people standing, want. I'll be the the uh, the standard bearer. I'll make sure that they make a stop here. I won't <laughs> let him off the hook. Yes. Yeah, if, yeah. If, 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 if something happens and he can't make it here, you know that we're not friends anymore. Oh, I know. I know that. We will come through here. <laughs> we will. Ryan, thanks. Hey, if somebody wants to find out more about Outcry, where do they go? Outcrytour.com. Yep. Very cool. Thanks for yep. being with us again today. Thanks, Tom. Bye.